Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody. This is Holderness After Dark. (laughs) Only because we're recording this in the evening, which is rare. You've you've found the Holderness Family podcast. It's just... It's like six o'clock. It's it's basically but, midnight. But for us, it's midnight. It's incredibly late. <laughs> anyway, I'm Kim, and I'm sorry you're up so late. I, I'm Penn. <laughs> it is. I've got a I've got a cocktail here that this is what I like to drink on a good Monday night. It's a spindrift with grapefruit and a shot of apple cider a- vinegar. Raw apple cider vinegar, y'all, for, for gut health. It is okay. So we tried to during the week not uh, Ooh, but it is it's like taking a shot though <laughs> you put a little too i can tell from the color of it you put too much apple cider vinegar well it'll have me i'll drink it slow that way yes so yeah we take a little spindrift we love those or you know flavored club soda mix in a little like a tablespoon it looks like pen put in well i just put in the whole bottle of the we, little shot bottle yeah we have like a little shot bottle. yeah because i want to honestly i did it on purpose because i actually like the taste of it yeah. and it what it does is it uh It'll slow me down. If there's just a little bit and there's like more club soda, I'll just chug it and it's over. Okay. Anyway, so there's our their Monday mocktail menu for you. Yeah. Anyway, this is a fun episode because we have combed through your questions and we have some answers. Yes. And I think a part of the combing process was a bit of an underlying theme. Yes. Right? Which that theme is walking in each other's shoes. Which would be hard because you are a size 13. It would be easier for you to walk in my shoes yeah. than for me to walk in yours. Yeah. Uh, that would just hurt. Uh, we, there was a bit that we did a long time ago where you wanted me to, every Mother's Day, you wanted me to know what it felt like to be a mom. Yeah. And it started with you simulating labor with this like mm-hmm. electro machine that was crazy. Then you had me wear a bra. Uh, you had me wear a pregnancy kit that like yeah. added 40 pounds and then you had me wear high heels. I'm going to be honest with you. The high heels may have been the hardest one, <laughs> uh, even though the most painful one was the, the fake labor one. Right. High heels are tough. 
I, it's so funny. My feet don't accept them anymore. Oh, you're done. I, I, well, I'll wear a wedge or an espadrille, but I don't wear a stiletto anymore. In fact, um, our friend Michelle joined us for dinner recently and we went out to dinner and it'd been, you know, it's like we're all, it's still kind of new. And she wore these gorgeous heels and she lives down the street from us. She, Took them, but she didn't. She quit. She quit. So she took them off and wore my Crocs on right. because they were so uncomfortable. They looked that. stunning. Anyway, let's get to some questions. Do you have any questions for us? Here is where we answer them. We will try our best to get to as many questions as we can. This first question, first of all, well done on that song. Love it. This. This question's from um, Scott and Amelia from Australia. And don't do an Australian accent. I know you're about to. We can't do it. Like, it doesn't, it's like some people when they try to do American accents and they just, it doesn't, so don't do it. I, I was just going to quote the one from Dumb and Dumber. Which was? G'day, mate. <laughs> Put another shrimp on the barbie. That's insulting. Well, especially because the woman was from Austria when he said that. Oh, yes. got it, got yes. it. Okay, okay, here we go. So it's a, it's, it's a good question. There's some layers in here. How do you handle it when Kim is having a particularly bad day with anxiety and Penn is, quote, squirreling badly? <laughs> Since hearing Penn's squirrel analogy, we now use the term squirreling as a gentle and non-argumentative way of bringing it to Scott's attention that he's gotten distracted. And he's also earned the nickname in the family of Mr. 80%, a loving reminder to the rest of the family to change how they frame tasks and expectations. Oh, from our book. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, I'm stealing that back. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can still have it, but I'm going to use squirreling. Yeah. Uh, because for me, I've had to tell, like, I'll tell you, I'll say, honey, I'm, I'm, my executive functioning is redlining. And that's too long. I just like I'm squirreling. Yes. So the, the initial question is, how do you handle it when Kim is having a particularly bad day with anxiety? Okay. I'm, I'm trying to go through occasions where that's happened. I, I know that for me, you need someone usual. First of all, I can tell that it's happening because you literally start vibrating. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, there's a tension that, that you can almost see it happening. And it's often accompanied by quiet verbally. And sometimes you look scared, even though you know that it's coming. And the first thing that I try to do is keep my voice calm and slow and not sound like crazy ADHD pen when it's happened and not saying, are you having a panic attack? What's going on? More like, what can I do for you? And I try to stay as close to you as possible, but, and this is clutch, not too close. I don't know that you necessarily need a hug, a big tight hug, unless you ask for one. Unless I ask for it. In fact, like being touched can be like, yeah, yeah. But it's so funny. Like I want you close, but I want you to touch me unless I ask for it. It is, it's, it's a lot being married to this one. Well, but I figured this out through trial and error and you haven't been like, get away from me. What are you doing? Hugging me. You're a very polite panic attack person. I think Um, this is anxiety. Sorry, sorry. A a very polite uh, anxiety person, but uh, we have had, it has made its way into a panic attack before mm-hmm. um, in that situation. I would say, yeah, Penn is really understanding. And I have had friends who have had, you know, dealt with anxiety and have had partners who are not as understanding. And that's really tough yeah. because 
it's a real actual thing. And um, there are days when I'm capable of a little less or I just need some help and or I'm going to the work I'm going to do is just not going to be amazing. Yeah. And I've surrounded myself with people and this team we work with and we're all just like super aware of every, you know, I feel like we should, we would show the same grace to anybody. But yeah, um, yeah I think just being a hundred percent understanding and he knows I am the first to call it out. I am very self-aware and I never take advantage of it. I never say, no. Oh, I'm having a anxiety I'm having a high anxiety day and I just need to stay in bed all day. I've done it, but I've not done it when it's not necessary. Yeah. And I guess the other piece of advice I give to Scott is know these two things. Number one, it's not about you. She's Mm -hmm. not upset with you. Mm -hmm. You haven't done anything wrong. There is nothing really that you can do to alleviate the actual physical thing that is coming. It is a runaway train that will continue uh, coming. Uh, So what you can do is be close to her. So that's the number one thing I would say. And the number two thing I would say is that putting yourself in in her shoes when it's happening and trying to imagine what she's going through um, and asking her questions about it afterwards when it's, when it's passed is not, I think that might be something that your wife or significant other would want you to do Mm -hmm. once it's all over. I wouldn't ask about it while it's going on. Yeah, I actually get very so we'll move on here soon because I actually get very triggered even talking about it. I know, and, and Penn knows that. So you agree it's easier to talk about, and it's okay to talk about afterwards. Though, or are you saying don't talk about it at all? Yeah, that's ish, what I mean. But yeah. like, I don't need details. Like, there was one time when it was a particularly really rough time for our fam- extent. Like, my grandmother was dying, and there mm-hmm. was like a lot of stuff also going on. There's a lot of things and you were trying to be so kind. You're like, babe, I don't know how you're doing this. You have this, you have this, you have this. And I was like, stop listing them. I was like, stop talking, stop listing. Because like, I just, to hear about it. Yeah, that was during, that was a mistake. Right, but but you were trying so hard to be kind. So now we know um, that like, yeah. But that may also be just me. May may help people afterwards to talk, to really get in detail about what it was. Well, sometimes you talk about it. I do. And then when it happens, I I feel the need to ask questions because I want to learn as much about it as possible. Right. Um, and it I, I know, but everybody's brand is sort of different. Like I'll get super anxious over something. I can tackle really big things in my life. And I, when I was my month of blogging which was so much fun i talked about like how i'm really good with big things but the tiny things will send me over the edge like i can hold the hand of my grandmother who's dying and be so calm and and i can do that but yet you ask me to bring snacks to a classroom of 12 year olds and i'm gonna freak out like i i'll do it sorry I'm laughing. but i'll be really <laughs> nervous about it like i'll yeah. like what are the 12 year olds gonna say but i'm like nervous like ooh, are the parents gonna judge me because i brought graham crackers like what's the sugar like i will get in my head about stuff like that which is so silly <laughs> but i that's i will spin on that it it does seem like there on on many occasions and this isn't just you but also me when i have like heavy duty uh executive functioning overloads it is surrounding some sort of social or competitive event with our children <laughs> some like yeah. something like that you know what i mean yeah and it's probably just wanting to perform admirably as a parent 
that yeah. adds that extra amount of pressure rather than just letting them do their thing and being a free range parent, which we can't do yet, but we're trying to be better at it. Uh, <clears throat> we're doing, we're doing good on yeah. that. Well, thank um, you for help, helping guide me through that answer. So what, what about the second part of that question? When Ken is squirreling? When I'm squirreling. So same, but I think it works out because we are both, I think the term is like neurodiverse. So I think because he shows me such grace when I'm, you know, I try my best to be self-aware and say, hey, this is just a high anxiety day. And I I, I mean, I remember one time I was in in the middle of Whole Foods and we're like divide and conquer. We have this list. It was like a midweek dash in. And I think your dad was sick or something. And we're by the Whole Foods by his place. And I and I I texted you. I was like, I was supposed to pick out like the marinara. And I was like, I'm having a panic attack and I need to go to the car. And it, it hit me out of. You could you could peel back the layers and find out why it was happening, but um, anyway, so Penn is really self aware, and he'll say he usually says like I'm having he's like my executive functions are broken today, so just help me be on the lookout. But guess what I'm going to say from now on? Squirreling. I'm squirreling. You're squirreling. It's easier. Yeah, you're yeah. squirreling, and um, and because of that, so I did walk in last week. I was going to tell this story, but <laughs> you can tell it. Well, I, I just I'm gonna I was gonna compliment you because I was it was the same day that I had brought down a list to you, and when I bring down a list, you know I'm squirreling because he he had a lot of things to do. Yeah, and and they have a little box next to it, and it's my way of saying this is what I've got to do. I can do it, but I want you to see how much I have to do, and that that explains why I am where I am. And then uh, at some point, I had to leave to go somewhere. No, you had to bring. You were making PC breakfast. No, no. But then I had to leave. Yeah. Yeah. So I left to to take him to school. Yeah. And you called me and your exact words were, hey, I know that you're having a tough executive functioning today. So I'm just calling to give you a friendly reminder that the (laughs) stove is on high. The gas stove is on high, which is something that I used as an excuse to get my parents out of their home when they had Alzheimer's. Right. And I did that as a 47 year old. Yeah. So I was number one, embarrassed. And number two, mad at myself for doing it. But number three, like grateful that you gave me grace in that situation. Yeah. Because you really did. You like, you didn't call me. You were very calm when you called me. I think you, did you make it a point not to sound, I told you so? A hundred percent. Because that was very nice of you. Because, well, I have to say, I, I think it works out that we are both have this stuff we carry because if you didn't show me such grace on days where I'm like, I, I, I need help. I'm like waving the white flag. Then it would be tough for me to understand why you need the grace. So, and you, and same, you never use it as an excuse. You never say, well, I have ADHD, so I'm going to leave the stove on. You, I'm like, you, no, you I think were, my response was, I, I'm, thank you so much. I'll try to do better. Yeah. No, you're like, I'm so sorry. And I'll, yeah, I'm so sorry. Thank you very much. Like you were very kind about it. So, yeah, it you just have to show and but I do love the gentle nudges of like, hey babe, I see you're squirreling, mm-hmm. and it's like you have the conversation beforehand that it's like it's just it's said with love. What can I do to help you? I see you're I see you're leaving the burner on, so that means that we have a lot going on. What can I take off your plate, or what can we talk about? And I think that would be a good start. Excellent. Okay. Thank you for the question, and thank you for reaching out to us. Okay. From Australia. 
So Bill, this question is from Bill. He's a clinical psychologist oh. and specializes in marital couples therapy, um, especially in cases where one or both partners have a trauma background. Huh. Anyway, his question <laughs> is, how do you imagine what goes on in your partner's brains or what do you imagine it looks like in their brains? Oh, I know how you're going to answer this. You've always I had the same answer like <laughs> to me. When, and I wanted to do a skit about this, but I don't know how to tell the story that if I could just spend one day in my husband's brains, it would look like a cartoon, like an animated wonderland. Like everything would be very vibrant and everybody would have these cartoon smiles and it would just be very, it would be like Candyland. Yeah. That's what I kind of picture it's happening. In Is this like that 30 Rock episode when they saw what was going on in Kenneth's head? And it was just Muppets everywhere singing. Uh, I, oh my gosh, I felt like I've seen every 30 Rock episode 12 times, but I don't remember that one. But oh, it's yes, a good one, yeah. Yes. Um, but that's that's kind of, it's just like fields of golden retrievers and like a candy land. Well, thank you. I. <laughs> yeah, just open fields of just like golden retrievers. Yeah. Just bounding. People are just dog. People are golden it, retrievers. It just everybody is. The reason why you're so happy to see everybody is because everybody looks like a golden retriever puppy. And that's why you're so happy to see people. Oh my gosh. I do love seeing people and I do love golden retriever puppies. Because we'll go anywhere. And he's he's genuinely, and I do too. I love people too. I, I do. But you are genuinely happy to see everybody. And yeah, that's what it is. I think of you so have you seen the terminator <laughs> it's been years bear with me on this because it's going to end up being a compliment okay but so the terminator they show his they show his point of view and it's like infrared okay. and there's like heat signatures of like all the people that he's looking at but then also like a little bit of information shows up on top of them like okay. sarah like sarah connor target you know, yeah. terminate or whatever. Yeah. Like it does that whole thing. So the first part of it is I do believe that you have some skill that you inherited from your granddad that he admitted having, which is probably hard for like a granddad in Bradenton to tell people about, but you believed him that he could see auras around people. Yes. So I do believe because you're such an empath that you have the ability to take temperature in some way that it, it probably doesn't look like the Terminator, but in some way, like you have... You have the some of your grandfather's ability because you you have been, and I've seen this even very recently with just like friends of my daughters, like known that they needed something specific at that moment because you're able to see what's going on. Um, and so I, yeah. I, I think that the aura would be, that would sort of be what their mood is, but then there would also be some information on the top Yeah. of like, especially if it's something, someone who, like if it's someone who had done you wrong before, oh. that information is up there because, um, cause I have trouble you guys. Yep. Or if it's someone who, who did something right, like all of, it's like yes. their dossier comes up when you see them along with their aura. So like the Terminator. Yeah. Exactly. I, like I the actually, Terminator. that, thank you. I agree. Honestly. You're not too far off base. I <laughs> You're the Terminator. <laughs> I do also I do also feel if I if I use my powers for good, but if I feel a deep connection with somebody, it's pretty instant. Yep. And I will know, and that's why if I go to a party or I go whatever, I will sit and talk to one person for three hours because I can like go deep. And there are other people who are very, very lovely that 
maybe I'm not feeling like rarely do I feel like a vibration of like danger, danger. Like I don't feel those sort of vibrations around people, but I do feel people's energy in a non woo woo way. And um, so if somebody's hurting, if somebody's struggling, like it's hard, like I've seen it in action. Yeah. yeah, I've seen you like read. I don't know if you can read like an entire room, but you can certainly read a person who's standing right in front of you. Yeah. Which is so surprising because you suck at poker. Yeah. Like you should be able to tell if they're. No, because here's here's, here's the problem. Because you refuse to fold. Yes. I'm also not a quitter. Right. So even if I have the worst hand. You have to quit. I I can't quit. So it's, it's shadowed by the fact that I'm a terrible gambler because I get offended. When someone bets you that they have a better hand. Yes. I'm like deeply offensive that you think that you could beat me. I'm very competitive. <laughs> Just like it's the worst. Like I, if it's I lived best. in Vegas, I, well, A, I'd be bankrupt because I would, I could, I definitely could have a gambling problem because I am so competitive, but yeah. I can't control that. No, you can't. Yeah. So you sure can't. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you, Bill. Hey, hang in there. We're going to be right back. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. May is Mental Health Awareness Month and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, cathartic, exhausting, or even exhilarating. But one thing's for certain, if you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist, you will gain insights and uncover truths that you can only find in therapy. Get those personal breakthroughs and judgment-free support by signing up for Talkspace. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care made easy. Talkspace is also affordable and in-network with most major insurers. To celebrate May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness to get $80 off your first month with code SPACE80 and to show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Holderness with code SPACE80. Here's a question from Aubrey. How do you support each other in the moments where you don't agree or don't understand what the other person is going through? When you don't understand what the other person is going through. Hmm. Um, or we, I, I think we could settle on moments where we don't agree. Okay, that one's easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that's I mean, there's an entire chapter on this in our books. It's it's words followed by questions. Right? Like you've gotta you have to investigate a little bit and not in a douche nozzly way, but in a tell me more mm-hmm. and also if you don't agree in a saying that you hear the person, saying that you hear and respect their opinion, even though you disagree with it, and asking to hear more about why they feel that way. We got into a big old fight a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Which and one are we talking about? When we were driving back from Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a big fight. Big fight. And I was like, I hear you, but... Yeah. Yeah, you weaponized I hear you, which you're not supposed to do. Like no, I didn't weaponize it. But right. I I heard you, but I disagreed with you. <laughs> but when you said I hear you, it wasn't that was like filler. It was filler words. Yeah. It was like I know these are the words I'm supposed to say right now, so I'm gonna say them. Right. But I think we we don't get in fights like that often. No, but everybody does. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, but no, it was like it was some it was loud. We were in a car and there's nowhere to go. Yeah. Couldn't pull the ripcord. There's, I mean, it's hard to drive through those. Yeah. Um, cause I was driving without trying to revisit that fight, which I really don't want to do. Cause, um, it was not fun. We ended up getting through it and supporting each other by taking just like a brief second to try to understand the other person's point of view. And you do that by asking, by repeating what they said, by giving it some credence and then asking to hear more about it, even if you think it's completely insane, because the odds are when you're getting in a fight, you both believe very strongly that the other person is insane at that moment. At that moment. Yeah. At that moment. But I have to say what really helped, it was like, realizing the reasons so sometimes and we both we both had we both had reasons for feeling the way we did and they were very very valid sure and but knowing but that wasn't obvious at first right and and back to the magic words you say i feel and then you say because yeah you say what you want and you say because Um, you've got to give the reasoning behind why you do that and You've got to let the person finish that sentence and you got to make sure you hear what the person says. But it, honestly, like after a big fight like that, it took some time to, I mean, the beauty was we were in the car for two and a half hours. So it was about a 30 minute fight. And then we had two hours or an hour and a half by the time to kind of like sit with it. And by the time we pulled in our driveway, it was... I'm not going to say it was behind us because we definitely had some, both had some action items, but it, it was, it was kind of good that we were trapped in a space. Um, but also we came out with a better understanding and that's the goal of a fight, right? You come out with a better understanding of your person and we both came out with better understandings and appreciation of like what the other person does. Yeah. Is that what you? Yeah. No, I mean, like, I was like, I, are we about to have the fight again? Oh no. No, it took me a second, but I would like, I, I definitely felt trapped because the because the it just got so loud in there. Mm-hmm. I was loud, and uh, and I at that time I didn't think that I deserved it because I was trying to explain my feelings individually, and it, they just were getting thrown back in my face. But then by the time we got to right around say Mebbin, <laughs> <laughs> um, things had calmed down, and it sounded like we could hear each other a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So that was good. 
Um, I don't did that answer the question, Aubrey? I think that if you go into a disagreement, you genuinely and you like you genuinely have to want to understand the person better. And I think sometimes we go in with guns blazing and we're trying to be like have our own voice heard as opposed to trying to understand that other person. And it's really freaking hard. It's really hard to fight well and to recover from a fight. So, yeah, Aubrey, good luck with that. So we actually got this great message through Instagram. And I had, you know, it was a listener catching up with the podcast. And we had talked because we try not to, we, we work together every day. So asking each other, how was your day? It kind of falls on deaf ears because I know how your day was. Um, but she sent, a, you know, she goes on walks with her husband and they, she sent the list of questions. They kind of do a weekly check-in. And one of the questions they ask each other is, what do I do that makes you feel most safe and loved. So what do I do? What do you do that, can I think about that while you answer it? Because mm-hmm. you've had this question for a little bit longer than me. I'm curious, like what is it? Most safe and loved. And I guess those are probably the same thing, right? I think to feel loved is to feel safe. Right. Penholderness. I think that you always make me feel safe and loved because you really do when I'm around in like a social setting, you are always like looking for me, like making sure I'm like, you'll bring me a drink. You'll bring me like, you're always checking in. I think not because I need to be taken care of, but because you're genuinely interested in me, you know, and that makes me feel safe. Well, thank you. I'm not doing that. I'm not trying to do that. Mm -hmm. I think I just naturally like having you around. Mm. Um, and want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's nice. Yeah. Um, I, what makes me feel safe and loved, God, I'm, I'm having a tough time with this because I think you do a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I mean, you definitely are okay with all of the things about me that I feel the most insecure about. You know, everyone has things that they openly are insecure about. And then everyone has like a list of like three things that they don't tell anybody that they are just super insecure about or aren't happy about. Mm-hmm. And you've uh, you've proven to me very early on in our relationship that those are things that you're okay with. And I like, I don't know, I'm trying to think if I even want to talk about any of these things that I feel insecure about, but I don't know if you just, maybe it's the thing we were talking about before where you can tell by people's vibrations. Maybe you can tell what everyone's insecure about. Mm-hmm. And then I like to manipulate it. I'm kidding. That's, I hope that's not what you're doing. No. Um, but I think I, I said that in our wedding vows. I think I said that you love every part of me. I think even the stuff that I'm like ashamed of or don't, I'm not really happy about. That makes me feel loved. And it also makes me feel safe. The things that you're insecure about make you feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to tell anybody what I'm insecure about. It's just between me and Kim, but she's okay with it. <laughs> I don't honestly. I'm trying like, I, I, I know a couple of them. Okay. Are you ready for this? 
I hate myself naked. I don't like the way that I, I, I'm a, like, I don't know what it is. Everybody else seems to be okay with what I look like naked. I hate it. I, I don't, am super into it. I, I, so. I, 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 I just don't. I, I remember you like very early on. You're like, I basically am. I'm not like a guy that's going to walk around naked. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I know they're like, I, I, but we go to like gyms and like everyone's like, Hey, Ben. And they're just like dongs everywhere. I'm like, what are you doing? At a spa? Like, you, you, you're, you're good. You're great. You're, That's probably yeah. because I, I have to work really hard on it because I hate it. Like I, I think I have like a body image issue. Uh-huh. You, you like have a like, little bit of one. Just turned forty and you have like a six pack. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, every time I walk by the mirror, I'm like, no, not good. You know, men can have so, body image issues. Yeah. Well, anyway, so you make me feel better about that. So thank I you. I think you're a smoke show. I try to like, I grab your butt every time I see you. You've got a new thing where you're actually sticking your finger like it, well, I just, into my butthole instead yeah, of like grabbing in my butt. butt like, which he's is wearing like, clothes, but I'm yeah, like, the Boop. Outside. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not, what are you doing? <laughs> no, I think it's funny. I'll stop doing that. Right. So you've always been, I guess, reassuring on that. Whether you're it's your smoke show. Yeah. I know. Well, thank you. But it just, I, okay. I think Ben's I never nude. Yeah. So if you watch Arrested Development, there's a character named Tobias Funke who uh, always wears cut off jean shorts underneath okay. something and it's a uh, it's he showers called, and cut off jean shorts. it's called being a never nude i do shower naked it takes a lot um and then like when you know there are times when we're obviously naked together so that you know that's oh my gosh now it's awkward right what are the other things uh well we don't need to yeah let's just move on okay. you guys got the big one uh, Krista, uh, as an Enneagram one, does Kim find herself reacting defensively to constructive criticism? This is something I've noticed about myself and I'm trying to work on. I was wondering if she also does this and if she has any advice. So absolutely. And so what I notice when somebody has a criticism for me, I think I loved working in news, first of all, because things turned around so fast that there wasn't time for a lot of criticism. And if it was, it was like, well, I did the best I could. Like there was a, there was a reason for it, but in what we do now, it still turns pretty fast, but there's, there'll be some very honest feedback for years. My first instinct was to just get defensive, to make an excuse of what, well, I mean, it has to be that way. Now I still get a, like a twinge of discomfort, but I know that that's, that's me. That's a me problem. And I sit there and I literally picture my heart because my heart gets very, it feels like very clenched, like opening up into like, I'm accepting this. Somebody's telling this because they love me. You know, even like the hard stuff to hear. What's the hard stuff to hear? <sighs> um, You know, feedback in you know family relationships of you know i didn't appreciate when you did this you know like word work feedback is pretty easy at this point it's very easy to take and i i don't really have an ego about it but in family or if i do something wrong if i say something that is hurts your feelings you know i think i would um if you'd be if you're like i can't believe you said that i'd be like oh my God, you're right. Like, I cannot believe I said that. But my instinct is to feel very defensive. So, yeah, but that's I but I know. And after I have to say part of the Enneagram work we did 
learning that about myself was key <laughs> because now I know it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this isn't real. This isn't a real reaction. In- yeah. Including you getting defensive when you were told that that was your Enneagram type. I was pissed. <laughs> um, yeah. I got really defensive there. So I, but I literally have to, I have to like picture my heart opening and going like, and I just have to sit there. And I have to, it, it is, I have to sit there and, and think of it from their point of view and be like, you're right. That isn't, you know, I should not have said that or whatever it is that I've done wrong. I love the imagery of your heart opening up because that really is the best way to accept feedback, right? Because people, if they did not care about you, they would not bother telling you. And right. The internet would, would disagree with you. Oh no, yeah. Okay. The internet criticism doesn't even get my blood pressure up. Um, yeah. yeah, I just, that doesn't matter to me, but, but if, most people like if people give you face to face feedback. They absolutely care about you. They, and it was probably pretty hard for them to tell you. Exactly. And, um, yeah, you almost want to say like, <laughs> no, I, and I, that I took have, a lot of courage to say that probably. I have it? had a couple, I mean, not a ton of conversations, but a couple conversations where, um, a family member has said like, I, you know, this situation I don't think was handled the best. And I like, thank you for telling me this and thank you for trusting me. And I know that must've been really hard and I, you're right. So that's, it's like a hard thing to hear about yourself, but. What was the question? As an Enneagram one, do I find myself reacting defensively to constructive criticism? Gotcha. Perfect. Okay. So and that was, yes. that was just for you. I got, it. I was just making sure that there, I wasn't going to. How uh, do you react to criticism? Uh, usually okay, but like uh, uh, sometimes bad, sometimes bad. I, like I've had to evolve in that sense, especially um, when it comes, honestly for work, I've, I, I'm probably an Enneagram one at work. I'm more of a perfectionist in that sense than mm-hmm. I am in the rest of my life. I know I'm not a great, you know, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, I take criticism better than most uh, on my tennis team. Cause I know I'm not perfect and I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm just trying to have an awesome time. I think mm-hmm. I take criticism pretty well from you when it comes to our relationship for the yeah. most part. But, but I, the thing that I needed the most help on, and I'll admit that I probably still need more help on is work. Cause I think I'm a perfectionist at work. Uh, it may not come across that way when you see a finished product, but <laughs> that that can be tough on people that I work with, including my wife. So um, I would say I could do better in that front and I am actively trying to, and I can be saying in my mind that I'm actively trying to do better and I can still get defensive. Yeah. Um, but you have to like sit and it gets real, t- like my heart kind of like gets real tense. Well, I'm, that's why I'm, I love that imagery because I, I, I'm a strong believer in imagery, like really having a positive effect on your life around around you and just imagining my heart opening up. I'm going to try that next time. Oh, I'm glad I can help you, Penn. <laughs> so Mary from Minnesota, what's your next adventure? You've already won the amazing race. So now what's next on the docket? Well, Mary, there's um, there's the real life that we've come back to and the amazing race is over. And we are actively looking for something that's that hard and that challenging. And we've even yeah. shared this with you on the podcast that it, it for everyone, and we've even talked to some of the other people on the race with us, there's that kind of chasm after a challenge like that, that you yeah. spend years preparing for and then months um, being in the thick of. And uh, it, it made a lot of us realize, not just Kim and I, but this whole group of people that having something hard to to 
shoot for can be a good, strong force in your life. Um, I would like to climb Mount Kilimanjaro or something next, but I don't know. Like, what do you want to do? So we talked about this uh, even as like a team. Like it was Leanne and Sam and Amory. We kind of. T- I, I I said like I am craving something big. I'm craving. I there was a letdown after we did the Raleigh Half Ironman. God, it was almost ten years ago. By the way, yeah. And people talked about like, oh, you'll have like the post race blues because it's over. Because it's over. Yeah. And I did. I. Just like the, I enjoyed training for the amazing race. So I don't know. Our current stage in life, we're in the kind parenting of, sports. Yeah, parenting. it's like air traffic control stage stage of life. But I also don't want to lose sight that I am my own person, and that these kids, I love them madly and deeply, are going to leave us. So we need to be fixed on our own goal. I want to do the amazing race again, but not for television. Like I want to go to beautiful cities huh. okay. and do, I, so here's what I want to do. What I would love to do is go to these places, do the thing, like do challenges, like big physical challenges. And then something we couldn't do on the amazing race, go have a glass of wine in the right. city and go sightsee. Well, that's not as hard though. I do want to travel. Like I think when. So you want to travel. I want to travel. Yeah. That's not a challenge. Love you. We should travel. You and I should travel, yeah, but, I also, but you but need a challenge. I know, but I want to do something extreme. Like when we go to Spain, I want to do like, I want to. Okay. I want to so. like, like what, would you go on like a hundred mile hike or something right. over a series of days? We could do that. There, there are actually all these things that are going on around us that I have, have said, boy, I'd love to do that. And then it, it's been followed by, well, I don't know when I'm going to have the time. Okay, we got to make the time for this. Like, what do you want to do? Well, I want to learn how to kite surf. <gasps> yes, we're going to kite surf. So, there, the, the coast of North Carolina has all of these places that you can easily get to that have kite surfing, mm-hmm. and it looks awesome. We saw some people doing it when we were on vacation, and it, it, they're, I mean, they're probably skipping over the top of like sharks' dorsal fins, but they look unbelievable. <laughs> they're harnessing the power of the wind. The wind, right? And we could do it forever. And never use a single drop of gasoline in the ocean. So that's the other thing I love about it. I mean, I'm not trying to go too far offshore, though. But I would like to kite. No surf. one go. You can't. I, I, for at least the people we've seen, they're kite surfing. I think. Yeah, I just up and down the shore. I would love to do that with you because I, first of all, I think you'd be really good at it. I think I'd be okay at it, and we're starting it together. Right. Whereas I feel like you play tennis now, and you're already so good. Like I can't catch up with that. You can catch up with me in pickleball. I can catch up with you in pickleball. You're, you, you're, are you offended that I said that, that I could catch up with you in pickleball? No, I was. my heart is open. <laughs> my heart is open. I think you could. I'm not, like, I love paddle sports. There's certain things that people are born to do. I was not born to play paddle sports. I just really like them. So um, yeah, I may, I may be pickleball champion. Okay, yep. last question. How have your dreams changed since... We first met. Oh, wow! Have you thought about this? You don't always dream, right? Aren't you like an inter- intermittent dreamer, or do you dream? I think this is more of like not like the dreams you have at nine. Oh, <laughs> this is because like, oh I was going to be like, I'm still waking up, <laughs> thinking about my college exam I didn't turn in, and I'm six credits behind <laughs> in the last semester. Literally every week, I have that dream. Why do you? Why do people? Why does it happen? Oh, it's it's like that's a textbook, like. Um, 
I think it's like a regret that you didn't finish something that day. Remember we had the dream analysts and they're like, it's always about uh, something that happened to you in the last 24 hours that those actual dreams that you have in night yeah. are related to. So it's something that I didn't get finished that day, Okay. which yeah, which is every day the way we are. So my dreams, uh, I, I think it's funny because I think our job has changed. Sure. I had dreams. I just assumed we would live in New York forever because that's when we got married and Lola was born in New York. I thought we'd live in New York forever. I thought we would have TV jobs. Right. And I, th- I th- thought that that was my dream to be some sort of New York TV host, something like that. So even moving down to Raleigh felt a little bit like, like th- the song, if I can make it there, then I can make it anywhere. And I felt as if we didn't make it in New York because we had jobs, but they were barely paying. Um, but actually, they were good jobs. And on paper, they paid great, but they just not enough for New York City. Um, so now my dreams are so different in that I love New York, but I can't imagine raising a family there. And I know now that there's so many things I want to do and I'm going to do them. But just being in this place that's such an awesome place to raise a family and this community of people we have built is, I know that this is exactly where we're supposed to be. So in that way, if you would have told me 15 years ago that we would still be living in Raleigh, I would have, like, I would have told you you were lying or started crying. So I think my dreams have just become... It's beyond my wildest dreams what we get to do for a living. I feel so lucky. But I think that, I don't know. This is not a great answer. But I think they've just been a little more. I've seen real life and I like real life better. I think it's a great, it's a good answer. Yeah. It it, it took some turns there. So I'm wondering, I think you were trying to answer the question of whether or not you're happy instead of just saying what the dreams were that you want to do. I, I have to say, so before because you seem happy yes i think now my dream is just more of this well that's good yeah that's i don't know if that's happiness but that's contentment like yeah. that, so that's that's great yeah um i, I would say i'm sort of similar I, I wanted to be uh, you know when we first met i wanted to be the main guy on sports center yeah and then i went to bristol and what happened and um it was cold and my wife did not want to move there. Yeah. Um, and it's the best thing that ever happened to us that we didn't. Uh, I wanted to be a, either a sportscaster or like the, you know, the sportscaster ends up going to the Today Show. Network. Yeah. I want to network. You know, yeah. ever watch Ron Burgundy? Now I know that what I do now allows me more freedom and time with my family and a more, I think, uh, fulfilling relationship with co-workers and with wives and with neighbors and everything than than that other job would have ever provided us mm-hmm. it's it's kind of weird hearing from people who have those sorts of jobs that they envy what i do mm-hmm. and so my dreams have changed I, I, as i've aged as i've become 48 are a little bit more like uh you know George Washington uh, in Hamilton wanting to just go back to his place in Mount Vernon yeah. and have silence and peace. And I never thought I would be that way. I think I would want sort of amplified peace, but I'm my dream is to get to the finish line and and have quiet. Um but along the way I would like to I would like to 
keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, we kind of meandered on that answer. But I think it's a good question to ask your spouse or your partner. No, it is. I think, how have your dreams changed? Well, well, I mean, I guess the reason I, I gave you that example is my dream was never quiet and peace and quiet and slowing things down. My mm-hmm. dream was to speed things up until, you know, until the end. And I dream and fantasize about, um, about like being on a farm or like being on the ocean Mm-hmm. and having nothing to do. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure that once I got there, I would find like a thousand things to do, but my dreams weren't anything like that when we first met. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I have two friends who were had big fancy corporate jobs and there's, there's this term like the great resignation and they were, you know, about 50 years old, had worked corporate, you know, saved their money and, don't necessarily have to keep working that corporate just through the investments and just life and partners and stuff like that. And they are both working retail jobs because they want, they want to have a job and they like pretty things and a discount when they're shopping. But just the simplicity of it Mm -hmm. is so lovely. And it's one of those things where you, you do your retail thing and then you go home. And there's nothing else to do after you... No strings. No strings. And yeah. how lovely that is. That being said, retail is really hard. And sure. we're depending on it to feed a family. That's a totally different story. We're talking about like people who are retiring. Um, and I not working full time and like right, just popping right. in. Yeah, I got um, you. But I would say, yeah, my dreams... Exactly. I think my dreams before were to have you know some big fancy job. And now my dream is to sit on a porch and look at the ocean yeah well good i think we're aligned there yeah uh we're getting old i think is is... i do you know what i do think my mom told me this she's like travel when you're young because you're gonna get like hip issues and stuff like i do feel like we need to start traveling yeah i mean our kids are old enough they can go anywhere no and but it's like fine now we're like finding the time to go with them we'll find the time yeah Thank you for those questions. Kim, thank you for aggregating them. And I thought that the theme was great. And I feel like we learned a little bit about each other. Uh, a couple of quick housekeeping things before we leave. If you are listening to this and you like games with your family, we have created a game, a family game called Family Face Off. It is the number one new release board game on Amazon right now, even though it doesn't have a board which is great. It's cards. It travels easy. Uh, if you listen to last week's podcast, we, uh, we played it and we had a blast uh, having some people on who played it with us. And um, we're super proud of the game. Actually, that was two weeks ago, I think, when we, when we yeah. put that out there. But it's on sale on Amazon and it's also, more importantly, on our website. You can just go straight to theholdernessfamily.com. It's probably the easiest way to buy it. And... And if you have an email question for us, it's podcast at theholdernessfamily.com. Podcast at theholdernessfamily.com. Send us a question, thoughts or concerns. If you're concerned because you think we suck, that's cool. You can do that too. But anyway, <laughs> love you guys. All right. It's completely dark. It's it after is. dark. Officially after dark, honey. We did it. I, I just went to check the Holderness Family podcast email and somebody said, I'd love to connect with female entrepreneurs. And I and I, have you ever considered upgrading your social media presence? <sighs> you guys. So 
Are you going to ask people not to try to sell us stuff Just on there? don't okay. sell us stuff okay. on there. Because I know we, we're trying, you guys. Yeah. Okay. Love you. But ask us other questions. <laughs> like, not have you. Not can I have some of your money? Well. Bye. Bye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.